What up, yo? It's Mark Shanniff with the Fantasy Knockout Fantasy Football Show. Today is Saturday, October 3rd, episode number 123. I'm on Twitter at Fantasy Knockout. We're also on Instagram at Instagram.com slash Fantasy underscore Knockout. I am excited for today's show. It's the week four start sit show. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It was uh, at dinner uh, last night and talking with Michelle's like, or my daughter was doing school yesterday, uh, yesterday, and she was having trouble with the word characterization. She just couldn't get it together, right? And I was like, you just got to break it up into two words: character and then isation, and then you know say them separate, and it works. And so, it's trying to give her an example of of uh, a word or a phrase that I screw up all the time, and. I do a pretty good job. I usually edit it out, but it takes about two or three takes for me to say that phrase that I just said, which is the start shit show. I mean, start sit show. It always comes out shit. <laughs> Apologize for the language, but it always comes out the, the wrong word. Instead of sit, it's sh. And so um, it takes me a while. So I'm, I'm proud I was able to get it on the very first time. It's so the week four start sit show. Um, who are we feeling confident about this week? Who are we worried about this week? All right, got some quick announcements. I want to start off by saying thank you to everyone who supports the show. Really, truly, thank you. Um, we hit 2,000 overall downloads last week. Uh, this is awesome to see this show grow this way. Um, it's it's very it's just not possible without you guys. So I want to say thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are what makes this show uh, continue on and and flourish. So so this is the last week. It is the last week for the hashtag knockout giveaway. We have until October 11th to get in all your entries for the signed Kenny Galladay jersey. So hit up the website, fantasyknockout.com, get those entries in. Are you guys looking for accurate rankings? Um, and I, I want to expand on this real quick. Um, if you aren't aware, there's this website, fantasypros.com. They put out their own fantasy football stuff. Uh, I, like what, I like the work that they do. But they also take 160 plus experts who submit rankings and then they grade them based off the accuracy. Um, these are like top analysts from Yahoo and CBS and ESPN and other very high end independent analysts uh, and guys, too. Uh, my goal is to finish in the top 20 this year. I know I can do this. And I, so I want to go over my accuracy so far this year. Uh, week one, we, I was 28th overall. Uh, week two was 125th. Not so good. Had a bad week two. Uh, bounced back week three with finishing 36 overall. Um, and then for the season to date, what they do is they combine all the weeks together. And right now I'm currently sitting at number 43. So starting out pretty good. I know I can get in the top 20. I want to finish top 20. Also, if you have a question for the show, fantasyknockout.com. For all your fantasy football needs. Thursday night recap. The 0-3 Jets host the 0-3 Broncos. So Sam Darnold, he started off nice with a scramble for about 46 yards and a touchdown in that first quarter. Then Judy makes this great, this phenomenal 48-yard touchdown to start the second quarter. Melvin Gordon pounds in a touchdown before the half. And so at halftime, the score is Denver 17, the Jets 13. Uh, Tim Patrick finds the end zone, makes the score 24-16 in the third quarter. 
Um, and it kind of looks like the game is getting away from the Jets. And then, you know, the pick six brings them back into the game. Um, they're within two. So it's 27-25. They both had another field goal each. And Darnold is sacked on fourth and three, I believe, right at the two-minute warning. And then uh, Denver gets the ball in that very next play. Melvin Gordon takes it to the house, puts the game away. Denver ends up winning 37-28. And with all this, I am hopeful, hopeful that Adam Gase is let go so that the New York football Jets, the players there especially, can be released from his horrible coachingness and they can flourish and actually have some fantasy relevance this year. So stay tuned. It hasn't happened yet, but stay tuned. So player stats real quick. Brett Rippon of the, the Broncos, 14.18 points, nothing fantastic. Uh, Melvin Gordon, he was the stud of the, the game. Uh, so running back for Denver, he had 24.8 points, 107 yards, two touchdowns, two receptions for 11 yards. Uh, Tim Patrick also had a solid game. He's a receiver for Denver. Six receptions, 113 yards, and a score. That was 20.3 points. Uh, Jerry Judy also had a good one because he had the score. Two receptions, 61 yards, one touchdown, 13.1 points. Noah Fant. Uh, we'll talk about him in the news later on. But he had five receptions for 35 yards for six points. Uh, and then the Jets side, Sam Darnold, he had a good game because that running touchdown. But 230 yards passing, zero passing touchdowns, 84 rushing yards and a touchdown for 23.6 points. Um, Frank Gore had 4.1 points. Jamison Crowder had a solid game. Seven receptions for 104 yards for 13.9 points. Uh, Jeff Smith, he also had a decent game. Seven receptions, 81 yards for 11.6 points. Let's talk some news. News with views. First, we have some COVID news to go over, but I also want to take a moment and talk about something that has been heavily on my heart just the last day or so. Um, I want to play, you know, I play that funny COVID Corona song and it pokes, you know, some fun at it. That's all in good spirit. But with word, you know, of our president getting the positive results for COVID himself, several players in the NFL getting positive coat, like the, the whole Tennessee Titans team is basically under COVID watch. I want to make sure everyone knows how serious this virus really is. Uh, my family and I, we spent uh, Friday evening praying for our president, our nation, and anyone else who has been affected by this. Uh, it it really is um, serious. So it's even though I take it like hearted with the funny song and stuff, I'm not just dismissing this. So this does mean something to us. So um, I tried not to be political on this show. I want to focus more on fantasy football because that's what we're all here for, the escape. We're all fans of or fanatics of fantasy football like me, but I felt that I just needed to put that out there. So now with some more big NFL news regarding COVID. What's spreading quick and makes you sick, infecting everyone? Corona, Corona, the virus infecting us all. So several people from the Tennessee Titans organization, they tested positive after the Titans and Vikings game last week. Minnesota has not had anyone test positive, thank goodness. But Tennessee has their players that they've um, shown positive are his defensive end, Daquan Jones, tight end Tommy Hudson, long snapper Bo Brinkley, outside linebacker Camille Carrera, and wide receiver Adam Humphreys. They've also had several staff members um, have be put on this COVID list. 
The NFL, they locked down the Titans facility until Saturday. Uh, the Sunday game between Tennessee and the Pittsburgh Steelers, it has been postponed. They rescheduled the game. It's going to be played in week seven, making that this week, week four, is the bye week for the Steelers and the Titans. So if you have any of those players in your lineups, get them out. They will not be playing this week. And then if you have questions regarding that, uh, you look at Baltimore plays Pittsburgh or Baltimore has a game week seven. Well, guess what? They rescheduled the Pittsburgh and Baltimore game to week eight and uh, Baltimore gets a week seven by now. So they've adjusted the schedule a little bit. Fortunately, it's all going to work out. It just really sucks for uh, Pittsburgh to have such an early bye week, especially week four really kind of sucks, but um, it is what it is, and they're going to move forward like that. So running back DeAndre Swift out of Detroit, his uh, offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel, said that Swift will continue to spell Adrian Peterson. Um, AP is going to be the top guy. It's an ugly committee there in Detroit, and I don't want any of them uh, as of right now. So next is running back Damian Harris out of New England. He has been removed from the injured reserve with his hand injury. So, again, looking for the stash. He probably will not play this week, uh, but starting next week, week five, he could be in line for some work. Um, wide receiver Jalen Rager out of Philadelphia. He's been placed on the IR. He's eligible to return week seven. Uh, running back Le'Veon Bell out of the New York Jets. He's got the hamstring. He's been on IR. Um, he's targeting a week five return. So we'll see with the news with Adam Gase if he gets the boot in New York. If so, I'm interested in Bell. Because we know what happens to players when Adam Gase is gone. They start to perform. So Bell is kind of a, a sneaky buy-low candidate. See what's going on with the owner of Bell. Uh, then wide receiver Deontay Johnson out of Pittsburgh. He's officially in the concussion protocol. Good for him. It's a bye week, so he can get out of that and get healthy. Uh, tight end Dallas Goddard out of Philadelphia. He's been placed on IR. He should return, I think, a week 10 or so. He's got the high ankle sprain. Uh, wide receiver Alan Lazard out of Green Bay. This is bummer news. He underwent core muscle surgery, and he's out indefinitely. Uh, hopefully, Adams will be back. Otherwise, it's going to be uh, Marquise Valdez-Scantling time. Uh, tight end Noah Fant. This one was sad. Uh, he's out of Denver. If you guys saw the game, he took a helmet to his right leg. It did not have the look of like a season-ending injury, but it obviously is always concerning when the cart's involved. Uh, Fant was leading the Broncos in receptions before going down. He snagged five balls for 35 yards. Hopefully he has avoided the high ankle sprain, which would put him out for two to four weeks. We don't know. Whatever he has, he at least has 10 days to heal up for week five. So hopefully he's back. Uh, and then last is running back Lamar Miller. He's a free agent. He actually just signed to the practice squad for the Chicago Bears. So I think this is just a depth move with Tariq Cohen going down. They're just putting another running back there, but it's still Montgomery's backfield. In and out. All right, let's talk about some players that are questionable, that we're curious. Are they going to start or are they going to sit? This is my take. This is my presumption of whether they're going to play or not. If they are going to play, is it worth putting in your lineup? Are you starting them or are we going to flex them or are we going to sit them? So we're going to start with some running backs. Jarek McKinnon of San Francisco. He's got the rib injury. He's going to be in. Go ahead and start him. I like him this week. Uh, Cam Akers from 
the Rams. He's got the ribs injury. I think he's going to be out. Uh, Chris Carson out of Seattle. He's got the knee injury. Um, it looked a lot worse last week than it is this week. He's been practicing. He is a game-time decision. I believe they play him. And the reason I say that is because Carlos Hyde, his backup, has been dealing with a shoulder injury. Um, he's also a game-time decision. I think he's going to be in, and you can flex Hyde if you need to. I think they're going to just split the workload, so nothing too heavy on one player or the other. And then the last guy is Raheem Mostert out of San Francisco. He's got the knee injury. He's going to be out, so make sure he's out of your lineup. Tight ends, George Kittle. He's missed the last two weeks. Uh, he's in San Francisco. He's got the knee injury. He's in, starting with confidence this week. Uh, Jared Cook out of New Orleans. He's got a groin injury. He bopped up late this week. He's going to be out, so get him out of your lineup. And then some wideouts we got to watch because there's a lot of them with hamstring injuries. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins out of Arizona. He's got the ankle injury. He's a game-time decision. I feel that he's trending inward. I'd go ahead and start him and play him. He's got a good matchup. Michael Thomas out of New Orleans. Ankle injury. He's out. He's going to miss another week. He started practicing this week. Um, again, he, next week if he gets the start or if he's in, I just don't trust him yet. I want to. See, I want the proof. I want to see him have a solid game. So if I eat a week of his uh, production on my bench, that's my personal choice. So Chris Godwin out of Tampa Bay, he's got the hamstring injury. He's out again this week. Devontae Adams in Green Bay with the hamstring injury. I think he's going to be in. I think he's uh, he's worth playing. He's going to start. He's got the Monday night game, an extra day to rest. Uh, DJ Chark out of Jacksonville, he's got the chest injury. He's going to be in. I think he's flex-worthy if you need a start, uh, especially with all these players missing this week. Uh, Julio Jones out of Atlanta, he's got the hamstring injury. He's going to be in. He's a game-time decision. I think he's going to play. Uh, Calvin Ridley also popped up. He's from Atlanta as well. He's got the ankle and calf injury. I think he's in. Go and start him. Uh, John Brown out of Buffalo. He's got the calf injury. He's going to be in. He's flex worthy. Um, Deshaun Jackson in Philly. He's got the hamstring injury. He's out. Henry Ruggs in Vegas. Hamstring injury as well. He's out. Brian Edwards in Vegas. He's got the ankle injury. He's out. Debo Samuel. This is good news. San Francisco. He's got the foot injury. He's in. They're going to play him this week. But I'm going to sit him. I want Again, the Michael Thomas rule where... I want to see it first. He, they're going to ease him back in. They're not going to give him a huge workload to start this week. So you might only see him on the field maybe 20 to 30% of the snaps. Um, they're not going to give him a heavy workload. They don't want to re-injure anything for him. So Alshon Jeffrey, Philadelphia, he's got the foot injury. He's out. Another stash if he's out there. We talked about that earlier this week. And then Mike Williams from the Chargers, he's got the hamstring injury. He's out as well. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Main event. All right, so we got to go over real quick. And uh, just friendly reminder: by week is Pittsburgh and Tennessee. None of those players are playing this week. They will get you zero points. Start sit players to put in your flex. Guys that I am high on. Guys that I am not high on or low on. That would be the proper word, right? <laughs> so let's start off with some quarterbacks. So we're going to go with Derek Deshaun Watson from Houston. Yes, it's been a rough start without DeAndre Hopkins, as Watson has yet to register a top 10 performance through three weeks. The worst part of it is that he's not running the ball a whole lot, as his 12 carries rank outside the top 10 as a quarterback. He's going to have to get it done through the air, as the Vikings have allowed the fewest rushing fantasy points to a quarterback in each of the last two seasons. You should have him in your lineup as a solid quarterback one. Uh, this week, he should live up to his draft position in this matchup. 
Uh, the next quarterback I like is Joseph Lee Burrow from Cincinnati. After a touchdownless debut in his NFL, um, where he just threw threw for 193 yards and one interception, Burrow has bounced back strong. He's now thrown for 312 plus yards in back to back games with five touchdowns and no interceptions. He's been pressured on a league-high 62 of his dropbacks, leading the league in 14 sacks. But do the Jaguars have the pass rush to get to him? I don't think so. Knowing that Burrow has thrown 141 pass attempts through three games, he should be considered a rock-solid streamer in this matchup, especially while Joe Mixon still struggles to find holes behind this offensive line. Quarterbacks to sit, guys, I do not want in my lineups this week. We're going to start off with Carson James Wentz from Philadelphia. What in the world has happened to Wentz? He looks like a different quarterback this year, and the numbers really reflect that. He's completed just 59.8% of his passes, thrown three touchdowns, and six interceptions. Uh, Through the air, the 49ers have allowed the second-fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Now, without Dallas Goddard, it... It doesn't make us feel any better about Wentz's opportunity to bounce back this week. He's not a recommended streamer in this matchup. In fact, he's just a low-end quarterback, too. So please find a way to get him out of your lineups. And the last quarterback I'm not fond of is Thomas Edward Patrick Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's been a bittersweet start for the season of Brady as he has not been his normal self. And it's now going to miss another starting wide receiver in Chris Godwin, who hurt his hamstring. Uh, With Godwin missing this game, Brady is just an average quarterback, too. All right, some running backs I like this week. Mike Davis out of Carolina. So in the first game without Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers gave Davis 22 of 24 running back opportunities. So it's fair to say he's the workhorse until further notice. He wasn't particularly efficient on the ground, but it was a tough matchup against the Chargers, and he made up for it while catching eight balls for for, uh, 45 yards and a touchdown. Uh, The Cardinals have also allowed a respectable 4.36 yards per carry. I consider him a stable running back two this week. And then Daryl Henderson's the other running back. He's from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Henderson should be the lead back this week. He's run like he's a man that knows he can lose this job at any moment, and he has played extremely well in back-to-back tough matchups. Uh, we don't know if Akers is going to be back this week, which I think he's going to be out, uh, but it shouldn't matter all that much. It, regardless of whether Akers is there, Henderson would need to screw something up to lose this lead role. Uh, consider him a mid-tier running back too this week. All right, some running backs to sit. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is my first one. He's out of Baltimore. So the Ravens simply lost their way last week with Jackson's struggles, Lamar's struggles. Um, he had the, a, a butterfly effect down the entire roster. So none of the Ravens running backs had enough touches as they've combined for 54 carries and seven receptions. That's an average of 20.3 touches for a backfield that's averaging 5.9 yards per carry and 8.1 yards per target. They need more touches. So Ingram is likely to be the leader in carries, but he can't be trusted as anything more than a low-end running back two or maybe high-end three. So while averaging just 9.3 touches per game, Dobbins played a season-high 24 snaps last week, and it appears he's their favorite pass, like they're passing down back. But he totaled just 15 touches through three games. 
in a game where they're expected to win and by a lot, it's a hit or miss. So he's a running back four for me in this game. And then Leonard Fournette out of Tampa Bay. I'm getting the vibes of this 2019 Bucks backfield of Peyton Barmer and Jones. This, is this year reminding you of last year. Though there was production to be had most weeks then, predicting who was the hard part. Through three games, the opportunities are Jones, who's got 46, Fournette's got 32, and McCoy's got 13. Jones and Fournette have combined to average just 5.7 targets per game. When you look at those numbers and see a near-even timeshare, it's not one you can start anyone confidently. We have to treat Jones as a starter right now. Though he's on a short leash, Fournette remains a running back three or four uh, in that conversation and someone who can take over this backfield at any minute. So I'm just off the Tampa Bay backfield altogether. Wide receivers. All right, we're going to start off with Tyler Boyd from Cincinnati. Uh, since we're high on Joe Burrow, why not Tyler Boyd? Through three games with Burrow, Boyd is now on pace for 139 targets. Not quite the 147 he saw last year, but he's not too far behind. Uh, it's clear he's a big part of Zach Taylor's plan. With Boyd's targets increasing each week, you're playing him as a solid wide receiver too. And then Odell Beckham Jr. of the Cleveland Browns. He surely has been disappointing to start this year. Uh, this offense doesn't want to throw the ball very much, which takes away appeal in games the Browns win. Uh, they're big underdogs here, which should amount to more pass attempts. There's no secondary in the league who's allowing more fantasy points per target at 2.28 than the Cowboys. You should be willing to start Beckham this week as a low-end wide receiver one uh, who could explode if the Browns throw the ball more than 35 times. Some receivers I'm fading on. T.Y. Hilton out of Indianapolis. Uh, through three games with Phillip Rivers, Hilton currently sits at wide receiver 69 on the season. Not that great. Especially when you consider Paris Campbell, who has missed um, essentially two games, and Jack Doyle's missed one. Um, Hilton has just 17 targets, 10 receptions, and 133 yards on the season. If you're expecting Hilton to bounce back, that's fine. But this may not be the week to bet on that. Uh, he'll be a low-end wide receiver territory for me. And then the last guy I'm fading this week is Terry McLaurin out of Washington. He's finished with a respectable 83 yards last week, though his performance should have been a lot better. Um, as Dwayne Haskins has continually, he's just off the mark. Unfortunately, it's going to take some much more precise passing against the Ravens defense. Uh, McLaurin is a risky high-end wide receiver this week with the way Haskins is just playing right now. All right, some tight ends I like. Uh, we're going to go Mark Andrews out of Baltimore. Uh, the season started off well when Andrews, he caught five of six targets for 58 yards and two touchdowns in week one. But since that, uh, since that game, he caught just four of 11 targets for 51 yards and no touchdowns. Part of it is on Lamar Jackson, though some of it is on Andrews. As he dropped three passes Monday night, uh, keep Andrews in your lineup. He should bounce back this week. And then Darren Waller, the walrus out of the uh, Las Vegas. So I had my concerns about Waller last week, but let's be real. You're never going to bench him. You're just not going to bench a player like that. Uh, get over it. Get him back in your lineups this week as he just might see double digit targets with both Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, Brian Edwards out of the lineup. Uh, the bills have actually been a team to attack with tight ends through three weeks as they've allowed the fourth most yards per target at 10.2. 
So to tar- start Waller as a tight end one. Tight ends to sit. I know I've been talking about this guy. Logan Thomas out of Washington. Uh, the good news is Thomas has seen 24 targets through three weeks, which ranks as the third most among tight ends. But he's totaled only 12 catches, which ranks 10th. He's totaled 94 yards, which ranks 21st. So we usually follow the targets at tight end, which Logan's getting. But we can't ignore the inefficiency between Thomas and Haskins. Uh, many will chase this volume uh, with Thomas. While I'm usually with that, I'm struggling to say he's anything more than a tight end two this week. And then my last guy I'm fading on is Greg Olson out of Seattle. He's had six targets and five catches for 61 yards in week three. It was Jacob Hollister who stole the touchdown, uh, but he played just 11 snaps, so don't think there's anything there. Uh, the Dolphins haven't allowed any tight end to top 35 yards, though none of them have seen more than four targets. Um, he should be considered a middling tight end too this week. Starts of the week. All right, these guys are... Locked and loaded, the guys I want in my lineup. Quarterback John Matthew Stafford from Detroit. We've watched Stafford's pass attempts decline every week this season, bottoming out at 31 attempts in week three against the Cardinals. That's the bad news for the immobile quarterback. The good news is that Kenny Galladay, we're giving away the jersey, he came back to the lineup. Stafford averaged a season-high 8.7 yards per attempt and he threw two touchdowns for the second straight game. The Saints' defense, they haven't lived up to its talent level as they've now allowed three straight quarterbacks to score at least 20 fantasy points. Stafford should be a low-end quarterback one with what looks like to be a solid fantasy matchup. And my other quarterback I'm starting is Ryan Joseph Fitzpatrick out of Miami. We have now watched Fitzpatrick score 24 fantasy points in back-to-back games. The Seahawks are struggling to generate any sort of pass rush through three weeks, and it's led to them allowing 8.51 yards per target, which is the third highest mark in football. Knowing no quarterback has finished with less than 23.9 fantasy points against the Seahawks, you can say it's safe to stream Fitzmagic. (laughs) He's going to be a low-end quarterback one slash high-end quarterback two, and he might come with a top five ceiling. All right, some star, the running back starts of the week. Kenyon Drake out of Arizona. It's been a bad start of the season for Drake, who's averaged a respectable 4.1 yards per carry, but he's caught just five passes through three games and has found the end zone just once. He's still getting 74.7% of the running back touches in this backfield, so in games where they're projected to run a lot of plays, he should be in for a big performance. This is Drake's chance to get right and pad his fantasy stats. Start him as a running back one and reap the benefits. The next running back start of the week is David Montgomery out of Chicago. Now that Tariq Cohen is out for the year with a torn ACL, this is Montgomery's backfield. While Cordell Patterson will he'll be involved, it's hard to see his current workload of 5.0 carries per game really go up. Um, that would mean Montgomery would inherit most of Cohen's 7.7 opportunities per game. Uh, This moves Montgomery into 20-touch potential most weeks, including games like this one where it's projected to be competitive. So Montgomery may have a bigger workload, but he'll need to perform in this game. Consider him a running back, too. A wide receiver start of the week is Devontae Parker out of Miami. Since we're going with Fitzmagic, we'll go with the stack. So 
All they have talked about on the broadcast last week was how Parker wasn't 100% yet. He came down with all five of his targets for 69 yards. It would have been 70-plus yards with a touchdown if not for him drawing a pass interference call on the goal line. Um, He's now caught 14 of 17 targets on the season for 169 yards and a score. He's been coming off a 10-day break to play the Seahawks. They're a team that's allowed a massive 73.2 PPR points per game to wide receivers. You can start Parker as a strong wide receiver too this week. And my other wide receiver start of the week is Will Fuller out of Houston. It was good to see Fuller get through his hamstring woes to catch four or five targets against a tough Steelers defense for 54 yards and a touchdown. He also played more snaps, which was 45, than any other receiver, so he wasn't limited in any way. If Fuller gets one of his high-target games, he just might explode. Uh, The Vikings have allowed the third-most passing plays of 14 of 20-plus yards this year, so it's not just high-performance throws that they're struggling with. If you have Fuller on, on your squad, start him in this game, and nearly every game he's healthy, um, and live with the ups and downs. This could be one of those really big ups this week. And then tight end starts of the week is TJ Hawkinson out of Detroit. It was great to see Hawkinson get up, up to seven targets last week in a game Stafford threw the ball just 31 times. Unfortunately, he wasn't the one who caught the touchdown, as fellow tight end Jesse James saw four targets and converted them into three receptions for 28 yards and a touchdown. Hawkinson has still totaled at least four catches and 53 yards in each of the first three games, highlighting what should be a high floor. Uh, The Saints have allowed 29 of 38 passing uh, for 290 yards and four touchdowns to tight ends. We should see targets funneled to Hawkinson. Uh, Knowing the floor he's shown, combined with the struggling Saints defense, especially against the tight ends, you should trust him as a mid to low end tight end one this week. And my last tight end start of the week is Rob Gronkowski out of Tampa Bay. Did we see Gronk turn a corner in week three? It seems as we saw him play a season-high 63 snaps, while Howard only played 33. Uh, Gronkowski also ran more than double the pass routes than Howard did, 27 to 13. And he saw a season-high seven targets. Uh, with the question marks at wide receiver this week, combined with the cornerback talent for the Chargers, Gronk could have his first tight end one performance with the Bucks. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. The next show is the week five waiver wire ads. I want to say good luck this week. We all kind of need it with the, the chaos of that Pittsburgh, Tennessee game and just some nonsense. Also, a quick reminder, drop it like it's hot. Uh, in one of my leagues, someone tilt dropped Odell Beckham. <laughs> I get it. He has been struggling, but don't drop him. Send some trade offers or something for him. He's got the name. So, again, like I said, drop it like a thought. Check to see who's on your waivers. You'd be surprised what falls on there. I want to say thank you for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe, whatever platform you're on. Leave a rating and review. Also, don't forget to enter to win a signed Kenny Galladay jersey. One week left. Do this at fantasyknockout.com. Slash tag. Slash tag. (laughs) Hashtag knockout giveaway. All right. Till next time. See ya!